Today's passage is Acts 2, 42-47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. I, I wanted to uh, mention one thing that uh, particularly probably applies to those of you at home. Uh, Chris in the uh, Church Life announced that we will be doing baptism on September 20th. We want you to know, for those who are not comfortable coming to the building yet, we want to make baptism possible for you as well. And so uh, if you would like to explore being baptized, what we would do is uh, set up a time before that Sunday and have you come in, and uh, we would baptize you here uh, during the week, have it on video, and it would play on Sunday morning. And so if you would like to be baptized, make sure you go to the connection card and, uh, and check that. Well, in his book... A Resilient Life, Gordon MacDonald says this, The faith taught to so many of us is a faith of individualism. It centers heavily on the transaction between Jesus and me. It rarely focuses on the idea of Jesus and us. It was some of my Asian Christian friends who began to convince me that there was an entirely different way to understand the Bible through the lens of community. God doing his work in our lives through one another. In other words, I cannot grow into what God wants me to be and do unless I'm in tight formation with some others. I think Gordon MacDonald is absolutely right when he says that we cannot grow into what God wants us to be and what he wants us to do unless we are living in community. We cannot experience the kind of freedom that God wants us to have, we cannot experience the kind of fruitfulness that God wants in our lives if we think that our faith is just a transaction between Jesus and me. There are so many things that, that we need from God to grow spiritually. Well, everything, right? But uh, so often, He does not give those things to us directly. So often, He does it through other people. He does it through the body of Christ. And so today, as we continue our sermon series on being fruitful and free... Uh, we're, we're continuing that sermon series. A life of growing fruitfulness, a life of gr growing freedom is only found as we abide in Jesus. And so we've been looking at different aspects of abiding in Jesus, right? Abiding through faith, abiding uh, through, with repentance. Today we look at the idea of abiding through and in community. And so I want to look at that passage that was just read that uh, really paints a picture of what community is like. It's descriptive. It's not prescriptive, but it gives us a picture of what community looked like in the early church. And so I'm going to read that again. Luke gives us this, this summary statement after Peter has preached and many have come to believe. He gives a summary statement of what the church and how they gathered and what that looked like. And so let me read that again. It says, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. 
And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and they had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so it's a picture of, a, of the church living in community. And, and as they were gathered in community, there were some things that they were devoting themselves to. There were some spiritual practices that they were devoted to. It says, it says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Together, they, they sought to understand God's word to them, God's teaching to them, which at this point, God was teaching through the apostles as the scriptures were coming into existence. They were also devoted to fellowship, and uh, the word there is the word koinonia. Uh, it literally means a sharing together, a, a holding of all things in common. And so an aspect of this that Luke describes is how they, they shared their material resources with others who had need. But, but this sharing and holding all things in common is, is, is sharing in a, a love and a care and concern for each other. And it was really that hard attitude that that spurred them on to be generous with their material goods. They were also devoted, it says, to the breaking of bread. And so in verse 46, it talks about how they they shared meals in each other's homes. They broke bread together in each other's homes. Up in verse 42, what Luke is likely talking about there is actually a celebration of the Lord's table. They they continued as they had meals. they They would recognize and celebrate Jesus in communion, as we will do later today. And then finally, they were devoted to prayer. They would gather together and they would express their dependence on God in prayer. And as you read through the book of Acts, you see that repeated. You know, Peter's in prison and they gather together and they call out to God together in prayer. If you and I are going to grow in fruitfulness and freedom, we have to establish personal disciplines, we have to establish personal practices of things like reading the scripture and prayer. And, and during this 21 days of prayer and fasting, we've been talking about prayer, scripture, and, and fasting, right? And so we, we have to establish our personal rhythms in these things. This, this is one of the reasons we love Rooted. Rooted has these seven rhythms of ways that we seek God together in community. But here's the deal. If you only seek God alone and not in community, you are missing out so much of what God has for you. The early church, we see them gathering together, seeking God in community. And because of that, they experienced tremendous fruitfulness. It says that they experienced the fruit of glad and sincere hearts. I mean, it's a kind of joy that was growing in their lives. But there's also the fruit of impacting their world around them. Look at verse 47 again. It says they were, they were praising God. They were enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The early church, as they, they lived in community, that community was so winsome, so attractive, so powerful that many people came to believe in Jesus Christ and God added to their number daily those who were being saved. Talk about fruitfulness, right? So that's a picture of what community looked like in the early church. It's descriptive, 
not prescriptive. In other words, how we gather, what it looks exactly like today for us, it's going to probably look different, and that's okay. But the big picture that we see here of a church living in community certainly is a model that we want to emulate. Now, the Scriptures not only describe community, it prescribes community. It gives us things that we are to do. And one of the ways that you see things that we are prescribed to do is through something called the one another's of Scripture. Over 50 times in the New Testament, there are these statements of doing something in a reciprocal way, giving and receiving certain things. They're called the one another's of Scripture. It would be a great little study for you to do. As I said, there's, there's 50 of them. They speak of attitudes we carry towards each other. They speak of things that we do for each other. And what I want to do this morning, since we are looking at the idea of fruitful and freedom, I want to look at just a couple of these one another's that speak directly about freedom, that speak directly about fruitfulness. And obviously there are a lot more of these. But in terms of freedom, in Hebrews 3, 13, it says this, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today. In other words, every day we do this, right? Lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. That's prescriptive. That's a command. It says we are to encourage one another. And that the the idea of encouraging has a range of meanings from meaning from comforting, consoling, someone who is in sorrow. It can also have a stronger kind of urging, exhorting someone to a kind of action. And so when we encourage one another, it's with a view to helping them live a certain way, believe a certain way. We remind them of Scripture. We, we exhort them to believe. We exhort them to do what is right. And in this passage, we, we see here one of the results of such encouragement. He says that, lest anyone be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. The encouragement of another can keep us from being hardened by sin, losing our freedom, walking in sin. And so we need this kind of encouragement We need people to speak into our lives in this way. Think about Galatians 6, 1 and 2. It says this, Brethren, even if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself, lest you too be tempted. And here's the one another. Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. And so verse 1 Paul gives instructions for how the body of Christ is to deal with a person who's not walking in freedom because he or she is caught in sin. He says, spiritually minded people are to seek to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness. And I believe that's one example of when he says, bear one another's burdens. It's, it's we show up in another person's life in that, that way to help someone who is being caught in a trespass. Now, there's other passages that we could look at, but but you get the point. The danger of being enslaved in sin goes way up when we're not living in community. If we don't have people encouraging us, exhorting us, showing up in our lives to help us follow Jesus, we need one another to see a growing freedom in our lives. We do. We also need one another to grow in fruitfulness. And, and there are a lot of one another's that, that would speak into fruitfulness. But let me share just one. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says this. And let us consider how to stimulate one another 
to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It says we're to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. If, if any of you have a King James in front of you, it uses the word provoke. And, and I love the word provoke because I think it really captures the intensity of that word. We're to provoke, we're to spur on one another to love and good deeds. We're to pr- spur one another to lives of fruitfulness. We're to consider how to do this in another person's life. As I thought about this this week, I have no doubt that there are areas of fruitfulness in my life that are what they are and they've grown like they have because I've had people speak into my life in this kind of way. Friends who spur me on to love and good deeds, people who speak truth into my life, people who encourage me, people who affirm God's work in my life, people who help me understand how God has wired me and fashioned me to to serve. I have no doubt that my own fruitfulness and freedom that I have to not walk in sin is so connected to these kind of people in my life, that there is a community around me. I believe that my fruitfulness, my freedom would be stunted if I didn't have the community that I do. Gordon MacDonald is right when he says, I cannot grow into what God wants me to be and do unless I'm in tight formation with some others. I can't. You can't. No one can. God has designed us to live in community. If we're going to experience the kind of fruitfulness, if we're going to experience the kind of freedom that God has for us, we must abide in community. And so this leads to a simple question, a really simple question, but an important question. Are you living in community? Are you living in community? I mean, you might say, oh, I've got these people I hang out with or whatever. But are you living in community? Biblical community is defined by the one another's actually happening in those relationships. You pray for one another. You encourage one another. You bear one another's burdens. You serve one another. That's what defines if you're actually living in community. And so are you living in community? Is this kind of ministry happening in your life? I'm sure all of us would say at some level, uh, I've got room to grow, right? I can press into community more. Let me, let me give you a couple of thoughts that will help us more regularly live in this kind of biblical community. And the first is this. Reject the lie that faith is something you do alone. Reject the lie that faith is something that you do alone. If you're really going to go for this, it's going to start with how you think about it. It is. Do you believe that you need other believers? Do you believe that they are of value to you? And on the flip side, do you believe you are of value to them? I mean, that's a picture of the one and others, a giving and receiving. You know, part of our struggle with this whole thing is we're so influenced by our, our culture. Our culture wants to tell us that, that, like, you've arrived when you are independent, when you don't need anybody, when you can stand alone and you don't need anybody. I mean, that's sort of the American way, right? But that is not a biblical understanding of maturity. Biblical maturity is mutual dependence 
mutual dependence on each other. We are not designed to live just Jesus and me. We need one another. And so reject the lie that faith is something that you do alone. It is a lie. It's not true. Second, find ways to connect more deeply in community. Find ways to connect more deeply in community. You know, one of the hardest things about dealing with COVID has been how it has separated us, right? It's disrupted many of the ways that we have gathered together. Many of us are not comfortable coming back to the church building yet or gathering with a smaller group in a home, and we understand that, we get that, and we assure you that that is okay. But we know it affects your experience of community. And even for us that are gathering here in the building, I mean, COVID affects our experience of community, right? We're wearing masks, we socially distance, we don't shake hands, we don't hug, and we head outside the building to, to talk. And today's hot and windy, right? I mean, it affects, it disrupts our community. We think these protocols are important, we think they're necessary for safety, but they make it harder to experience community. We have no doubt if you're showing up new here, we are not as friendly as you would, have, we would, have, you would experience this to have been if you would have showed up in February or before. It's, it affects our community. COVID has affected other ways that we've experienced community. We know some of you have not been able to connect with your spiritual friends in the ways that you had before. Uh, maybe you just have had to stay apart and, and maybe you get on the phone or you Zoom or whatever, but it is not the same of being in their presence. And, and that has affected your experience of community. As well, for many of us, I mean, life's just harder, right? The dis- disruption to work. And for those of you that have young children and you're navigating what it looks like to do life with young kids and kids in school and hybrid learning systems, I mean, at the end of the day, all you want to do is watch a little bit more of that Netflix series. I get that. I feel that. And I don't have kids at home. Even though all this is true, even though all this is true, my encouragement to you is still to find ways to connect more deeply in community. It is so important, always. It is important in these days. And so how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, you can sign up for Rooted. That, that is one of the things we do at Faith to help people connect to community. It's designed to help you connect to God to the church and to your purpose. And that connect to the church is about community. It will connect you to a group. Most of the groups will be meeting in person. There is some space for online options. And so you can sign up for Rooted. It actually starts Tuesday. So if you want to do it, today would be the day to get signed up. You can go to our website. You can go to the Church Center app and get signed up. You can also choose to sign up for one of our our life groups. And again, you find those on the website. You find those on the app. Um, Part of the reason we have groups is to help us connect in community. Now, I know some of you have gone and looked at those groups, and you're kind of going, there is not a lot of of options here this fall. That has been another result of COVID. Typically, in the fall, there's just a myriad of options to connect to a group. But because of COVID, there just are not as many options. And so I understand that. If If you looked on there, maybe looking for an online option about 
about a week ago or before, um, there is a new online group that's going to meet on Wednesday nights that uh, was not in there before, and so that may be an option for you. But, but if you look at that, if you have a heart to connect to a group here at Faith, but you don't see a single thing that works for you, here's what I would encourage you to do. There's an extra box on the connection card today that says, I'm interested in connecting to a group, but I don't see anything that works. Check that box, and we will see what we can do to help gather some people together to birth and form some new groups. So I will be in touch with you, and we'll see if we can pull that off. Here's another idea. And this isn't, isn't through any kind of you know, group at the church or anything like that, but, but what if every one of us came up with two other people in the church that we just say, I'm going to make it my intent to care for them in these days. I'm going to stay connected to those two people. I'm going to call, I'm going to text, I'm going to email, I'm going to jump on a FaceTime with them once in a while. What if every one of us chose during this COVID time to stay well connected to two other people that maybe we're not connected to right now? I think my, my, just my urge uh, for the whole church is let's care for each other in these days. Let's move towards each other. Let's find people that we can connect to. Um, we, we, we honestly, we can't arrange everything, right? It, a lot of it has to just be organic. It has to be on our heart. We have to care about other people. And so may we care about each other as we continue to walk through these difficult days. If we will reject the lie that faith is something we do alone, and if we find ways to connect more deeply in community, God will use that to produce growing freedom in your lives. He will use that to produce greater fruitfulness in your lives. So let's abide in community. I mean, wouldn't it be great to have that picture of that early church in Acts 2 and the Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved because what people would see would be so winsome, so attractive, so powerful as we abide together in community. Today we're celebrating the Lord's table. And though we, we are scattered in different rooms in this building, in, in different homes in this community and beyond, we gather together as one spiritual family, one spiritual family. When Jesus died and rose again, he brought into existence on the day of Pentecost one spiritual family. And so we gather in our unity, we gather as one family. And so as we do this today, give thanks for that community that God has placed you in as a believer in Jesus. And, and, and maybe what you want to do as, as we take the bread and as we take the juice is if, if there is any sense where, you're, where you have found, I, I don't really believe I need another or I, I need to reject that lie, take some time in these moments to confess any lies you've believed about this. But as well then, invite God to strengthen your resolve to move towards community. It is hard in these days. It takes work. It just takes work and we get tired. But Ask God by his spirit to strengthen your resolve to continue to press into and move towards community. At faith, we invite all who are believers in Jesus Christ to join with us in this celebration. And so in just a moment, we will take um, the bread, which is in the top portion of this, and uh, I'll read a scripture and we'll eat together. And then we'll pull back the next thing and drink the juice and I'll read uh, scripture again. We know that some of you joining us both online or here in the building uh, have not yet come to personal faith in Jesus, and we're just so glad that you are gathered with us during this time, and we would just ask that you would simply use this time to think, to meditate, to pray about what you've heard today. So will you pray with me? Father, we thank you 
that as we come to the Lord's table today, as we remember the, the, the broken body of Christ, the shed blood of Jesus, we're so grateful that, that he has entered into this world, dealt with our sin, gave us, gave us new life, but, but put, then put us into a family, the one family of God. And so the, this morning as we gather around the Lord's table, God, we pray that you would renew and strengthen our commitment to live in community, to live in ways that you're calling us to, this mutual one another ministry. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and 24, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, we do pray for special grace in these days to stay well connected. God, we know that our life in you is, is never meant to be just Jesus and me, but we need one another. Move us towards that. Deepen our experience of that, that we truly may walk in growing freedom and fruitfulness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.